Good afternoon and welcome to this edition of the KTH 910 AM Interview of the Week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Uh, we're glad you're listening. And this is a program where we like to talk about uh, topics related to our Catholic faith here in North Texas, something that can edify you and perhaps uh, an organization or an apostolate or a ministry that you are not aware of. And today we're talking about a very serious topic and it's something that really needs to be addressed. And I'm very grateful uh, to have two Wonderful ladies in studio with me, and one is well. I've interviewed them both multiple times. Uh, one is somebody I've gotten to know very well over the years, uh, Sherry Havlick, uh, who has uh, worked for the Catholic Pro Life Committee, now Community, for many years, especially in their Speakers Bureau. And she recently, I think it was last year, came on and we talked about a new ministry that he, she has begun called Dawn of Mercy, and they are located online at dawnofmercy.org. And uh, it uh, assists those individuals, male and female, who have been harmed by sexual assault, trauma, violence, those who have been abused at any stage of their life by sexual assault, which we know can impact uh, people dramatically. And uh, she here is in studio along with her director of ministry, Bernice Simmons, who is also a licensed professional counselor. And so thanks to both of you for being here to talk about uh, this topic, I think isn't talked about enough, but uh, thank you. Thanks, Welcome. Dave. Yeah, thanks for having us. So tell us, uh, you you know, you, you leave the, the CPLC after many years of doing that, and instead of just kind of... Uh, you know, relaxing. just relaxing and spending time <laughs> with your husband and kids and I think grandkids, you decide to begin this. Uh, what, what was the reason for that? You know, it, it's always so hard to just pinpoint one thing because there's never one thing that, that causes us to, to want to do something new. But, you know, ultimately, just like I think in everybody's life, God calls us to certain things. But I think where it kind of started was as part of the Speakers Bureau director for the CPLC, I had we did a lot in chastity, you know, sexuality, saving your sexuality for marriage and and in doing research on a a program that we were starting called Sins Against Our Sexuality, I had to do a lot of research on rape, incest, you know, all kinds of sexual violence and it just it really tugged at my heart and I just really felt like God was calling me to do something in that ministry. Mm-hmm. So I actually um, retired a little bit early from Raytheon and stepped down as the Speaker's Bureau Director so that I could focus full-time on this this ministry. Mm-hmm. The thing about sexual abuse and uh, trauma, unlike, you know, this past year, we've seen a lot of public, uh, you know, violence with riots and, you know, storming the Capitol and all these things. Right. But this is something that happens before, behind closed doors almost uh, almost exclusively. Right. And we don't see it. And it's also something that brings a lot of shame. And so it's something that people like to kind of brush under the rug and all the more reason why we need to shine a, a light on it because it, it, it's impacting so many lives. Exactly, exactly. It, it is one of the m- people feel the most shame of this particular trauma than any other trauma. And <clears throat> it is, it's difficult to talk about. So when I felt called, the first person I called was Bernice. Yeah. I called Bernice and said, hey, I have this idea. And I'm thinking she's going to say, oh, I'm really busy, because she is. She is super busy. And the first words out of her mouth was, yes, I'd like to help. Yeah. Why so, Bernice? Why was this important for you? Well, again, God works in mysterious ways. And yeah. uh, he really had been working on me 
in this particular area. I had my own journey to go through in this. And Sherry knew, I don't think she knew about it at the time. Um, She had no idea that at the time I was on my own journey of healing from this. And then when she called, it just, okay, God, you're definitely working on me. He was preparing me for something bigger, that it wasn't just about me. It was about something larger than that. Mm -hmm. And in my private practice, I see this a lot. And working with, like, the we, I serve as a counselor on the Rachel's Vineyard Retreat. Yeah. And a large percentage of the women who have experienced abortion, they have a background that yeah. includes some sort of sexual assault and abuse. And so between the two of us, we just really saw that perhaps God was working on us in, in other areas of our lives, bringing this to the forefront and, and just bringing us together to work on this with with. You know, her skills and expertise and, and really having the ability to put things together well and, and uh, really run something like this. And then my professional experience, personal experience, and just strong desire to, to help people heal and, and connect our faith with true mental health healing. Mm-hmm. It's such a broad uh, topic. You know, you have sex trafficking and you have child abuse and you have rape and domestic violence and there's there, there's so much. And so how do you get your you know, your work around dealing with so many different aspects of a, of a very big problem. And, and how do you address that, uh, Sherry? That's, that's something that we had to kind of carve out at the very beginning. What all do we want to include in this ministry? We do know that sex trafficking in particular is, is a, a very large um, wound to heal. Mm-hmm. And it nor- the programs for sex trafficking are normally nine months to a year. And we wanted to kind of, and there are several programs out there for sex trafficking, but we did not, we actually did some research and there are not that many actual programs that are dedicated just to sexual assault. So we decided to keep our ministry more for the, I don't want to say one time, but not the sex trafficked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. not that that's not important. It, mm-hmm. it most definitely is. But there are other programs for that. So we, we kind of said more for the sexual actual assault, which means that it's not really for, um, you know, when somebody is, is at work and somebody says something negative yeah, to right, them. Right. You know, so it's, it's not necessary. Not that that's not. A bad thing. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. not good, but it really needs to be some sort of assault, but more not the fully sex trafficked, you know, um, mm-hmm. yeah, not the larger problem. It's probably impossible to get accurate numbers because some people will never report it. Uh, right. You know that, Bernice. Uh, there's so much shame involved. And so how widespread is this or how common? Particularly, I'm sure women are more impacted than men, but it, it does impact uh, all people. Yeah, statistically, <clears throat> the numbers will vary a little bit based on where you get your resources from. But some of the common things that you hear, the numbers that are put out, is one in every four women are sexually assaulted mm-hmm. or have been sexually assaulted, and one in every six men have been yeah. sexually assaulted. Some things will say one in three for women and one in four for men. So the numbers are large, and you're right that a lot of people don't speak out. And just as with the sex trafficking, and, and that is that involves so much more trauma in addition to the sexual assault yeah. that they experience itself. With these types, the focus that we have are people who have been sexually assaulted as children, people who were experienced 
rape, various types of date rape, et cetera, uh, sexual assault and abuse in their adulthood. And we really focus on, we have two primary programs that we reach out to these people to help heal them spiritually, emotionally, psychologically. We have a 10-week trauma recovery healing group that's based on the Trauma Recovery Associates. There's 10 primary content areas that we hit in these 10 weeks mm-hmm. that focuses on the here and now. Because sometimes you had asked about, it's not very well known, but sometimes what people find out is they, the trouble that they're having in their present life, mm-hmm. they, it's when they really focus on healing their present struggles that they realize, wait a minute, that might have come from something that happened back when. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's not until they start healing their present stuff that they're dealing with that some of these things that they don't even remember that were hidden in all that shame come forth. And so our ministry works on the here and now, as well as through our retreats, working on the discovery and, and what had happened in their past, yes. at whatever distance back that past yes. was. We're talking about Dawn of Mercy. It's a ministry that was founded by Sherry Havlick, the president of the organization, and she is joining, joining me in studio here along with her director of ministry, Bernice Simmons. Uh, they're located online at dawnofmercy.org, dawnofmercy.org. You can e- email them, uh, healing at dawnofmercy.org. And you can also call them, if you'd like, 469-613-3296. And uh, January 30th, later on this month, uh, a trauma recovery program training. Uh, tell, tell us uh, what this is and, and who should know about it and who can participate, Sherry. So the, the training for the trauma recovery program, this is an established program that was developed by a counselor, and he's also a priest, um, in Michigan, he and a couple other people developed this program, and it's a 10-week program to help people to deal with trauma. So the training is to train people to understand the program. And the reason that's important is, one, for us, for counselors that might want to help in our ministry, that might want to help run our 10-week sessions, uh, the healing groups, um, they would need that training, but it's also very useful in any counselor's um, in any counselor's um, ministry, and also for anybody, just anybody that that deals with people that have been through trauma or in a crisis, um, just like uh, um, we, women in a crisis pregnancy. Um, so people who help others in any kind of trauma, it's very good information for them as well. All right, so you're looking for somebody's listening right now and would like to be trained uh, to help in one of these uh, healing programs that will begin. The next one will begin, uh, well, February 10th through April 14th. And this is for women in English on Wednesday evenings. Uh, they should go ahead and email or call that number that I mentioned, so right? That's for the healing group. That's yeah. for people who who are looking for healing that have been through a trauma. Yeah. The training is January 30th, but our first healing group begins, you're right, February 10th, and that's for English women. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bernice, what's, what is most needed? Somebody comes in, I always find it uh, so sad and odd that uh, oftentimes, and you would know this a whole lot better than I, that uh, they, they, there's almost like a guilty feeling sometimes, like they did something wrong, especially if it happened when they were a child, when I was thinking like, gosh, you did, did nothing wrong, you're the victim, but that's so oftentimes, and maybe even a sense that they, they feel disconnected with God? What are typically the, the symptoms of what needs to be healed? The symptoms of what needs to be healed, when a person is being has been abused, whether it was recent or it was 
back from when they were in their childhood and you had talked about they tend to blame themselves and there's a lot of shame and when you look at the human development and the way we develop from infancy on the stage at which a person is abused will have a great impact on how they respond to the abuse and especially if somebody was abused in childhood they're still developing a sense of who they are Mm-hmm. And in, in some of the younger ages, they're still trying to figure out how to attach. People need to be attached. We have to have that connection. And yet they, we also have an instinct to need to protect ourselves. Yeah. So early on, what happens is somebody who is harmed, and most often sexual abuse and assault happens, unfortunately, from people who are closest to yeah. the, the victim or survivor. And so early on, it creates a confusion that they're supposed to attach to these people. They're supposed to be good, even if it's in adulthood and it's somebody you're dating. They're supposed to be good. We're attaching, but then I'm harmed by you. And so it becomes a struggle between how can I attach to you, but also then protect myself from you. Yeah. So at the different stages of development, when the assault, the abuse happens, it creates a confusion and it moves people in a distorted way of viewing themselves, viewing the world around them. And so what we do is first and foremost is we create a safe place for them. Mm -hmm. That really is first and foremost because if you can create a safe place, let somebody know that regardless of what happened to them and what they've done since, they are still important, they are still good, they still have dignity and are worthy, we create a safe place within the 10-week program or on our retreats when they first call so that they know even though, yes, we will be aware that they have some sort of ugly in their history, that they are still important and they matter. And that's really the first thing. And then with that safe place, you can begin to help them recognize the distorted thinking and behaving and help move them into a healthy direction. Yeah. And uh, so many walking wounded people out there, and it impacts not only their lives, but their marriages, their kids. Uh, it could be a generational thing. And if we can just, you know, uh, get the healing now, so many people mm-hmm. will be impacted by this. All Absolutely. the more reason that this ministry is so important. Uh, Sherry, we, we talked about the January 30th Trauma Recovery Program training and touched a little bit on the, the healing programs Wednesday evenings beginning February 10th. Uh, tell our listeners who is the ideal you know, candidate to sign up for this? Is there a cost, the times? Maybe some more, some more details about this. So it's once a week. Like the first one is scheduled for Wednesday evenings you know, starting February 10th. So it's two hours and e- each Wednesday. And any kind of sexual assault that you've had, if any person, and like I said, the first one is for women who speak English. The next one, which starts February 22, 22nd, is for women who speak Spanish. And we just we keep the women and the men separate. Mm-hmm. Which, and that's the only reason that we're saying women. And then the next group will start April 19th, and that's for men who speak English, and then May 10th will start a group for men who speak Spanish. So we're trying to address, you know, the different, uh, the different languages, men, women, um, but we have all four of them scheduled. The, the exact evening for the next ones will depend on when, we, uh, when the counselors sign up for I want to help this. It will be dependent on what their schedules are. Okay. Is this uh, going to be in person or Zoom or, or what? It's it's via Zoom. Okay. It's via video because because of COVID, it's really kind of put a kink into things. Obviously, for yeah, for yeah. many people and many things, but it actually has worked out very well in the Zoom. It, it I think people are actually almost more comfortable 
in a Zoom than they mm. are having to show up and yeah. face other people when they have this personal shame that uh, that that we actually are trying to heal. Mm-hmm. I'm always amazed when we. I've done so many interviews, uh, you know, with Rachel's Vineyard and Project mm-hmm. Joseph, and uh, how many times you hear somebody say, well, this happened 20, 30 years ago, and I've lived with this for so many years. And so, uh, Bernice, speak to the person right now, because I, I know in God's perfect timing, somebody or a dozen people right now are listening who really need this. And maybe it's something that happened when they were you know, six years old, and they've just buried it for 40 years. But this is the time, isn't it, for healing? It really is. Whenever you hear it, and God speaks to us in repetition, so whenever you hear it, you think, okay, maybe there's a reason that this came for me. And Actually, in this last group that we had, we did have a woman who said that uh, her abuse happened, she was in her late 50s, and her abuse happened when she was a young child, and she had never mentioned it to anybody. And she spoke about how amazed she was that she didn't realize all these years that so many of the hard times in life, so many of the struggles and the relationship difficulties and the personal identity difficulties really linked back to her sexual abuse when she was a child. And while she had developed many ways of dealing with it, she was so happy to recognize the origin and clear up so much of that struggle. And she did say that she, if she'd have known sooner, she would have been so pleased to not have had to have had such a hard time all those years. Yet, she is so happy with the relief and the freedom and the peace and understanding that she has now. Yeah, that led exactly into what I was going to ask you about, Sherry. This is all about freedom because we don't want to live in bondage. We don't right. want to live with shame or regret, even though if, even if it's nothing that we did personally. But right. so many, like I said, are walking wounded. We're just about out of time, and I, I'd just like to kind of summarize uh, the what's coming up and also who you're looking for for both help and also for healing. Uh, Sherry Havlick joining us, uh, president of Dawn of Mercy, along with her director of ministry, Bernice Simmons. The website is dawnofmercy.org. You can email them healing at dawnofmercy.org. And I know everything's strictly confidential and they're, you know, it's good. You're you're not going to, other than the people who might see you on the the Zoom meeting, nobody else is going to know about this. You can also call them at 469-613-3296. So in the closing minutes, what's the most important things people need need to know? That they can call. Don't be afraid to call. We know that, that it's it's difficult. We know that you feel shame. We know that many of you feel that it's your fault, but it is not. Never is it your fault. And we are open. We're here to help. And it, like you said, it is completely confidential. Don't be afraid. And maybe it's not you. Maybe you know somebody. In in our experience, I'm gonna when in talking to people, I'm gonna say almost everyone, probably ninety percent of everyone, knows someone. Who has suffered some kind of sexual assault? Yeah, right. They may not know that they know that person because that person's never revealed it to them. And uh, thanks to both of you for coming in. I just, uh, Bernice, I'm guessing in your probably both of you have seen transformation. You've seen somebody come in for counseling and they're downcast and they're sad and dejected and don't think highly of themselves. And then over a course of months or years, you see them transformed. Uh, obviously, we don't want names, but tell us about what you've seen and how counseling and also just a better awareness of God's mercy and love can transform a person. Oh, certainly. Thank you. Uh, first, with the group, the, the healing group that we had back in the fall, every single one of the women who participated in that uh, were so amazed at the growth and development that they gained. And they just, what they talk about is 
the the understanding that they're not alone not that anybody wants this to happen to anybody else but this experience makes them feel so isolated because innately we know that this is not supposed to happen Mm -hmm. and so they pull away and they feel so alone so one of the healing realities is that they're not alone they they speak much about their increased awareness of themselves and so they feel they have more control over everything in their lives because they're no longer sort of at the whim of whatever their emotions and they can know now why they're being triggered and how they then have the skills to work with it and and make better choices rather than to react to their life so they feel free they feel in control they feel a lot closer to and they can behave a lot closer to uh, the image of god in which we were created because they're not bound anymore by this sort of hidden secret uh, painful experience Mm -hmm. yes yes uh all right well thanks so much and uh this is about transformation healing and uh it's such an important topic so if anything resonated with you during this or maybe the holy spirit is tugging at you and inspiring you to uh if nothing else just call and see and and ask some questions and uh see if this is uh, the right time for you to seek healing or or maybe you do want to be involved in uh, the program, uh, Trauma Recovery Program Training on January 30th. Uh, the, uh, again, the 10-week healing programs for sexual assault uh, victims. Uh, February 10th is the first one, Wednesday evenings for women in English, and then February 22nd for women in Spanish. And then in April and May, there will be programs beginning for men in both English and Spanish as well. Most important thing is to uh, know how to get in touch with Sherry and Bernice. Dawnofmercy.org is the website. Healing at dawnofmercy.org is the email and the phone number at the helpline is 469-613-3296. Sherry, anything else you'd like to say or did we cover it pretty thoroughly? What else? I think it's pretty thorough. Um, The only thing I might add is maybe somebody's already seen a counselor. This program is not meant to replace someone that's seen a counselor or Mm -hmm. counseling it doesn't replace it this is in addition to and it it greatly complements so in fact we really encourage people to be seeing counselors as well and when they finish our program we we definitely want them to continue with counseling so and even for counselors counselors can send people you know their clients our way as additional um healing because it it does not replace the counseling at all it's it's a complement complement meant to the counseling. All right. That's good to know. Bernice, anything else? I would just say when she was talking about it being a compliment to the counseling, for the January 30th online trauma seminar training that we're doing, one of the reasons we really want to get the word out is because we do want more counseling professionals in the area Mm -hmm. to and and church ministers and other ministers that work with people to have this training so that when – women and men come to us for our healing programs and they're looking for continued care we know that there's people in our community who have been through this particular training and we can then offer them as referrals to work in complement with what we're doing yes very good thanks so much uh, uh for what you all are doing uh it's so needed as we said at the beginning uh sherry havlick bernice simmons with dawn of mercy one last time uh website dawnofmercy.org email healing at dawnofmercy.org and the helpline is 469-613-3296 thanks to both of you for being here and uh, may God continue to bless your ministry. Thanks also to Diane Xavier, who ran the board for this program. If you have future
future uh, program ideas for interviews. I always appreciate you reaching out to me, as Sherry did. And um, we, you know, there's there's a lot of lot of things that people need to know about. There's a lot of good things happening in North Texas in the Catholic world, and we like to highlight them on this program. You can email me at Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. Have a great rest of your weekend. May God bless you. Help save lives in Denton. From February 17th to March 28th, the Denton community will take part in 40 Days for Life. Vigil hours are from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. daily. Come pray from February 17th to March 28th near the Planned Parenthood in Denton at the public right-of-way outside Planned Parenthood at 2436 South Interstate 35, Unit 340 in Denton. Sign up for prayer times by visiting our campaign at 40daysforlife.com slash Denton. Are you tired of working from home? If so, you're invited to check out Work Suites, a new sponsor of KATH 910 AM owned by Flip Howard from St. Thomas Aquinas Parish in Dallas. Work Suites is designed for professionals who desire their own workspace to get their work done. Work Suites provides amenities such as a receptionist, mail and package handling, meeting rooms, and high-speed internet. To learn more about Work Suites, you can visit worksuites.com or call 888-312-WORK. That's work, S-U-I-T-E-S dot com. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the KTH 9:10 a.m. interview of the week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Diane Xavier is running our board. My name is Dave Palmer, executive director here at the station, regular host of this program where we just bring you news and information, good things happening in North Texas in the Catholic world, and I'm always delighted when we get to speak to one of our priests, one of our religious, and uh, on the phone with me today is Father Jude. Ficiliano, who serves as prior of St. Albert the Great Priory and Novitiate, uh, which is a formation community of Catholic priests and brothers of the Dominican province of St. Martin de Porres, uh, right across the street from us, well, pretty close to us here in Irving, where we have our studio. And uh, he is in his third his third three-year term as prior, and uh, we're just going to talk about the the priory and uh, what's going on over there, and especially how 2020 has uh, been for them. So, Father Jude, thanks for uh, being with us uh, on the program today. Well, it's, it's a delight to be with you again. Thank you so much, David. Yeah, you were ordained in 1969. You told me that. You've been a priest, uh, a Dominican priest, for 51 years, and you also yeah. told me that your particular charism of the order and yourself is uh, an itinerant preacher. What, what, what originally yeah. attracted you to the Dominicans back in the uh, 1960s? Uh, I, was in, I was at the university in New York City, and I was, at, I was attracted to the Dominicans because of the intellectual and teaching um, orientation of the order. So I was planning, here's, here's, where, here's where you know something's going to happen. <laughs> I was planning... I was planning to be a, 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 asking to be a Dominican with a hope of teaching literature because I was a literature major at probably Providence College run by the Dominicans. So I was, that's why I began to apply for the order. But I thought I should look into some other orders, you know, for the sake of being fair. So I went to the Paulist Fathers in Manhattan, and they said the vocation of the Paulists 
is to preach to Main Street America. Mm-hmm. And I wanted nothing to do with preaching. <laughs> so I joined the Dominican Order <laughs> to be a teacher. And I've been a preacher since my ordination in 1969. Did they not tell you preacher. what that piece stood for at the end of OP? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, but then we just said, well, you can do anything if you're a preacher, so you can teach. Uh, if, if I, I just made so many wrong turns through high school and college, <laughs> and here I am. Yeah, I yeah. Am. well, I think it turned out pretty well. I'm sure your parents are very proud of you. Thank God. Uh, yeah, I've been blessed. It's really something. And so tell us, how have, uh, you know, it's it's a funny story. You get into a preaching order and you didn't want to be a preacher. Have you learned to, <laughs> to like it? Uh, have you done a lot of preaching over the last half a, a century since you've been ordained? No, it's been my, ironically... Two ironies here. It's been my full-time ministry. And when I was sent to California with our seminarians, that's how they began to be trained, with the Dominicans in the Bay Area, I was invited to teach preaching at the Dominican school at the uh, Graduate Theological Union. So I wound up preaching and teaching preaching when I joined the order to be a teacher. So I had no idea. And it's been a blessing. (laughs) Yeah, God's full of surprises. So, talk talk about the Dominican Order as a whole. We we we've already discussed that the the OP you know stands for Order of Preachers. Uh, uh, some people may be aware that it was uh, founded by Saint Dominic back in the uh, I believe 13th century. And some of the there are exactly. some, some famous Dominicans, probably the the most famous of which is uh, Saint Thomas Aquinas, who I have a great devotion to. So, uh, the order in mm-hmm. general, what uh, what else can you tell us about it and through its history? Well, it, it it was founded by Dominic to be a preaching order, and the first group he founded actually were nuns, contemplative community of women, and from that basis, he, he they were to pray and support the preachers. So when he began to travel and draw preachers to himself, the nuns were the community he would return to and tell him about his preaching ventures on the road in Spain and France and Italy. So uh, we were an order of men and women, uh, contemplative nuns, preachers, and also with, from the very beginning with the lay membership, uh, as we call them now, the Dominican family members, the Dominican laity. So even the laity, uh, when I was growing up, they were called the third order, but they're members of the order as well. So it's an order of men and women. It's an order of brothers and priests sisters and nuns, nuns are the ones in the monasteries, and lay members. And the lay members also try to incorporate into their life what it means to be a preacher in the world. Uh, so from the 13th century, century, I mean, some of our most famous saints besides Thomas Aquinas, Catherine of Siena, yeah. Martin de Porres, uh, Rosa of Lima, on and on. Uh, and, uh, it, it's just been the history of the order to be a preaching order because we were well-educated. Dominic wanted preachers to be well-educated. Because of that, we were drawn into teaching positions as well, University of Paris, Bologna, and in Madrid. So we became uh, teachers and professors because of our educational background. Yeah. Am I right that one of the main uh, intentions of Dominic was to fight against heretics uh, like the Albigensians. Yes. Uh, d- does that, yes. uh, you know, obviously heresy 
you know, continues in every age. Does that continue to be one of the intentions is to fight against bad teaching uh, within the culture and the church? Well, the motto of the order two is, 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 you know, motto is truth. Uh, And the motto too is to give to others the fruits of our contemplation. So it's out of a life of study and prayer and community. We are called to preach the gospel of truth. And when we confront error, then to preach the truth. And that heresy of Albigensianism hasn't gone away. Uh, and there are other heresies as well. But, uh, you know, I, to preach out of the roots of the gospel and to, to ground the preaching in solid teaching uh, and theology is, uh, is what we do. Yes, um, my my guest is Father Jude Siciliano. He is the prior of St. Albert the Great Priory and Novitiate, uh, right there by the University of Dallas in Irving, just a stone's throw from where mm-hmm. we're broadcasting here in Las Colinas. And Father, if you could give uh, folks uh, a picture of the priory and uh, the novitiate, uh, how many uh, uh, priests, how many information, uh, kind of the the, mm-hmm. the 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 day in the life of a, a priest there. I know you're very involved in University of Dallas. Many of your uh, priests are. Uh, what 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 what's the the goings on over there? <laughs> well, it's a, a community of the Dominicans, and so it means uh, uh, we gather daily for prayer, and uh, we uh, pray together through the day and and, and study. And uh, we have, uh, right now we have, let's see, we have 11 men in the house. Three of them are novices. This is their first year in the Dominican order. This is like, it's like a basic training. They learn the customs and the um, guidelines of the Dominican order, the life of the Dominican. We have three of our friars that go over to the university, Father Thomas Moore and Father Joseph Paul, are full-time ministers. Father Don Dvorak was the full-time minister there, but now is part-time, so they they make the trip over the hill each day. Um, we have Father Bert Eben, who served 50 years in Africa and is with us now and can't get back to Africa. Father Brian Pierce is an itinerant pre-trip, would, would have at this very time been down in South America giving retreats to people in, uh, and Dominicans in uh, Chile, but he's here. And doing what we do, he's doing Zoom retreats, as I am right now as well. Um, so it's a daily life of community and prayer and, and ministry uh, based on the Word of God and trying to share the Word in different ways, as as you can tell by the diversity of our ministries. Yes, certainly. We I, I hear a lot about the house of the the Dominican house in Washington D.C. I think it's quite large. How many is is that comparable to what we have here in Irving? And how are the the the, the I guess the locations of formation? How many are there across the United States? Well, we have four provinces, regions in the country. Uh, one out of New York City, one in Chicago, one ours is in New Orleans, and one in Oakland, California. So in the four provinces, then each province is responsible for forming and training the future priests or brothers of the order. Washington, D.C. is, is the large house of studies. Ours, on the contrary, is a house of novitiate. So they'll come here for a year, but then go up to St. Louis, uh, to study with the Dominicans of the Chicago province. We have a joint effort. So this house is uh, is smaller because of the entering numbers, and Washington has a big number, uh, 
probably because they have six or seven years of students there studies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you mentioned some of the limitations of travel with some of the priests. Uh, talk about oh uh, 2020, because I, I figure if you're an order of preachers and you're itinerant, 2020 is not a good year for itinerant, <laughs> itinerant preachers. How much has it impacted your personal oh. ministry and those oh. of your fellow priests? Can you hear the groans? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yes. I, uh, I have a calendar that I fill, uh, like I'll buy in September or October for the next year, and as invitations to parishes and retreat houses come in, I write in uh, the the dates. Uh, I give retreats in parishes with the Dominican sister, Sister Patricia. So I'll, we will write in the dates for the year, and then at the beginning of 2020, when March started, uh, I started to white out all those dates through the year. And since March, all the cancellations and yeah. having to stay in. So we, Sister and I, have adapted what we do to Zoom re- parish retreats, which we're offering right now. But but it, it severely limited us. Uh, it severely limited our, our, it's our ministry. And uh, for three or four of us in the house, uh, we just can't do it anymore. Um so, um, trying to adapt to the situation, and you know, it looks like it's going to go into at least several months into the new year. Yeah, yeah. So, and the Zoom ones just aren't the same. I mean, it's kind of what oh, you no. just have to do, but it, it's not doesn't cut it, does it? Well, you don't, you know, you don't get to see people after the service. We have retreat services in the morning and evening, and uh, you know, you read all the masses on the weekend, and you begin to form some beginnings of friendships, and in some cases. Friendships that have lasted. Yeah. Well, so you have to chat with people and meet with them privately if they want to talk about something. We can't do that. It's it's just the Zoom, and and you know the limitations of Zoom. It's not as spontaneous as you'd like it to be. Sometimes it stalls and there's hesitation. Um, it's it's but it's it's what we can do right now. So you do it. You're if you're a preacher, you look for ways to preach, and that's what we have to do. Right. So I'm sure this has also impacted the bottom line from a financial standpoint. Every <laughs> every, every you know every apostolate, every ministry has to be funded. So tell our listeners about that, and also perhaps somebody listening right now would like to support you. Uh, what what are the needs, and uh, how can they help you? Oh well, thank you so much. Well, because we're home, we're not getting the income we would have gotten. I mean, Zoom is giving us some income, but it severely limited the income of the house. So uh, things are very tight right now. And, you know, and so many people themselves can't give because of job losses or limitations. Um, it's a house of formation. I think if people were interested in fostering the vocations of future priests, a donation to this house would be gratefully received and appropriate. They can, people wanted to, they could go on the web and look up St. Albert the Great Priory. And of course, there's a tab on that webpage to donate, so they could donate. Um, but yes, I, we've been severely limited because of what's happened. Yeah. That and, website, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's opdallas.com, right? opdallas.com. Is that the right one? Yeah, or they could just go St. Albert the Great Priory. And I just did that myself. Yeah. It shows on that. Yeah. Yep. Well, what is the the relationship? We mentioned University of Dallas, and the, of course you're physically in the, the Diocese of Dallas, so what's the relationship with uh, uh, your uh, priory novitiate with the diocese and also the university? What formal relationship do you all have? Uh, well, we're a ministry of the diocese, and our responsibility is to 
uh, provides ministry to the university faculty and students. And that means, uh, as in other commitments, for instance, in parishes, it means, you know, when someone leaves the ministry or moves on, we replace them. We have responsibility. That that's our ministry. And we have a responsibility to continue that ministry and provide uh, well-trained uh, people. So um, we're in the diocese. The university is a, uh, a ministry of the diocese, and we staff the uh, the chaplaincy uh, and do formation and other uh, things that the ministers of the diocese would do, train RCIA and um, train lectors and have confessions. You know, it's, it's like a parish ministry. Right. So our job ministry is to provide that service. And you... Uh, you it's meant- appropriate. I think it's one of the... I'm sorry. Oh. It is one of the ministries that the order has gotten into because of our training is university ministries. Uh, you know, so around the country, there are universities where Dominicans are the campus ministers. Tulane University, for example, in our province, in New Orleans, is staffed by our province. So yeah. we have to maintain and fulfill that ministry. You, you mentioned about the lay members uh, and some of the the better known uh, lay members of, of past, like Catherine of Siena. I, I know there, there, there's, there are lay members of the Dominicans here locally are... Is that still active? Are they still meeting? Are they able to get together? If somebody's listening right now and is interested in the, the lay charism of the Dominicans, are, is there anything that they can do these days? I, I'm sorry, I missed that. I, yeah, is your uh, lay members of of the local Dominicans? Yes. Are there are there meetings going yes. on, or can people join, or what should they do if somebody's interested? Oh, thank you. Yes, uh, we have a we have a chapter of lay Dominicans here. Normally, and everything is be, is preceded by saying normally, we uh, we meet once a month with the lay chapter, and they follow a spirituality of the order, <clears throat> uh, focus on the word of God and community and study, and then you know we, their spirituality is to proclaim through their witness and their lives the word of God. So normally they would meet here once a month, but now then we're meeting on Zoom on the second Saturday of every month. So um, uh, people can still join. They contact me here at the Priory. I can forward information to them through our chapter. But um, we have a chapter here of the Dominican laity. Yeah, great. And well, you know, they really are full time. They really are full members of the order. It's not like they're second or third class members. Right. So they really are full members of the order. It's unique. I remember years ago, and by the way, I'm, I'm speaking, uh, just have a few minutes remaining in the interview. Father Jude Ciciliano sure. is the prior of the uh, St. Albert the Great uh, Priory in Novitiate. Uh, and I you know when I was listing off those famous uh, Dominicans, St. Albert certainly <laughs> would uh, qualify as well, <laughs> seeing that he was the teacher of, of Aquinas, right? I think that counts for something. Exactly. Uh, and I remember back in the day of Father uh, Edward Robinson, uh, may God rest That's his right. soul, he was, a, he was a dear friend of mine, and I used to sometimes go over to the Priory and, uh, and, uh, and participate in Mass on the weekends. Uh, if people would like to visit, if people would like to maybe get a tour, go to Mass, participate in Mass on Sundays, uh, tell us about that. Is that open to the public right now? No, it's not, unfortunately. And, uh, it's because we have such a small chapel, yeah. we really couldn't do social distancing. Um, and we have some fragile members because we're senior members in the House as well. So, uh, People could go to the university for Mass, and we yeah. have Dominicans there. And someday this will open up, and I'd be happy to show people around. 
um, it'd be a great moment when we can do that again. Yeah, that's for sure. And uh, Father Jude, uh, we're out of time, but I just wanted to give you an opportunity oh. to say anything else that maybe we haven't touched on that our listeners should know about. Uh, you know how they, you know, we already mentioned how they can support you. I mentioned opdallas.com, and you mentioned another website. You can mention that one again, or anything else that our listeners should know before we wrap things up. Well, no, uh, the other web page is Saint Albert the Great Priory. Um, you know we. we even though we're confined in a way, uh, we, every day we pray for, for benefactors in our community prayers and masses. We pray for the needs of the church locally and internationally. Uh, it, 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 it is part of our uh, our ministry and part of our life to be uh, to, to pray for the world, you know, and to pray for the needs of the church. And, and people will sometimes call us and tell us a special needs or we'll get letters and emails and we pray for people like that. So even though we're physically confined, the prayers go out of the house regularly. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you for that. And I know everybody really appreciates that. Uh, Father Jude, thanks for for your, thanks for your time. And uh, I ask everybody to please uh, pray for the Dominicans, pray especially during this year when things are uh, tough for everybody, and certainly including the uh, St. Albert the Great Priory in Novitiate. And also, if you feel so inclined, visit one of those websites, uh, opdallas.com or uh, St. Albert the Great. uh, uh, I always get this, uh, St. Albert the Great Priory.com, is that the other one? That's the one, yeah. Okay, St. Albert the Great. I think I'm going to go with opdallas.com. It's simpler for my little, <laughs> my, my little brain to figure out. <laughs> uh, uh, Father, thanks. Uh, great talking to you, and I hope uh, and pray that things open up very soon so you guys can get back on the road and do what God, or, you know, you were ordained to do, is get out there and be preachers. So uh, thanks, thanks so much All for right. spending some time with us today. Oh, thank you so much for the light. God yeah. bless you. Yeah, thank you, Father. And thanks, Bye-bye. Diane Xavier, for running the board. And thanks, everybody, for listening. If you have any ideas for future interviews, you can contact me directly via email, Palmer at grnonline.com. Have a great rest of your weekend. Thanks for joining us for this week's KATH 910 AM Interview of the Week. We hope you've enjoyed this presentation of Catholic news and information pertinent to North Texas Catholics. Please join us again next week at the same time for another KATH 910 AM Interview of the Week. Hi, this is Bob Duane with My Mutual Mortgage, a sponsor of KATH 910 AM. My wife, Norma, and I have been longtime supporters of the Guadalupe Radio Network. We are praying for our country and all that are affected by the coronavirus. The drastic fluctuations in the market have caused mortgage rates to drop to record lows. If you'd like an analysis of your mortgage situation, we can be reached by calling 817-527-3166. That's 817-527-3166. My Mutual Mortgage is an equal housing lender, NMLS 12901. Mr. Miyagi, I heard that the GRN is raffling off a 2021 Mercedes-Benz GLA 250. Miyagi loves support Catholic Radio on GRN. Where can you get tickets? Thing called Internet. (laughs) Go to grnonline.com. One ticket, $25. Five ticket, $100. Drawing in March 1st. Name drawn March 4th. What are you going to do if you win? Give to you. Practice. Wax on, wax off. This is Lisa Maladnik from homeschoolconnections.com, an online Catholic curriculum provider and a sponsor of this station. Your student can meet with me and fellow students online for a live interactive class. Whether they take my authentic beauty class based on my award-winning book, True Radiance, or apologetics with John Martignoni, literature with Kevin O'Brien, 
or any of our other 400-plus courses. Catholic online learning is available now for your family at homeschoolconnections.com. All young adults in North Texas are invited to the Young Catholic Professionals National Conference, The Work of Our Hands. The event takes place from Friday, April 30th through Sunday, May 2nd at the Hilton DFW Lakes Executive Conference Center in Grapevine. Join over 600 young professionals, religious, and Catholic executives from across the nation for a beautiful weekend of speakers, mass, confessions, a networking event, and a game. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Catholic radio for your soul in North Texas. Heard also on grnonline.com and on your smartphone.